the puck back in their own zone. Brought out now by Timmons. Dropping for Nylander. Nylander hits the line. Marner's on with a Nylander to the front of the net. He scores! Holy Mackinac, what a move! Willie Nylander cuts across the goal piece and scores the winner in overtime! Wow, what an ending that was. Leafs win it on the Nylander goal as aptly described by Joe Bowen. 5-4 over the Panthers. What a night, what a game, what a performance by Nylander. Welcome to the post-game show. Leafs game night live from the Scotiabank Arena. Jim Taddy, Josh Cloak from the Athletic, and Jimmy Ralph kind enough to hang around. And Ralphie, that game had everything. Yeah, and some stuff that we haven't seen before. Guys <laughs> coming in out of the penalty box, calls being changed in reverse, goals being reviewed. When you didn't know that, you know, when Bobrovsky had knocked the, the net off the post. Um, I don't know if Paul Maurice is going to be as thrilled with the officiating when things are said. And I, don't, I thought for the most part the Leafs got some favorable calls as far as Florida taking penalties. And uh, right, even the, the, the Gudis charging penalty on Zach Aston Reese. I thought it was just a shoulder-to-shoulder hit. Mm. Um, and the Leafs, and, and that was probably the turning point for the Leafs because Matthew scores in the final seconds of the second period and then accused the comeback for the third. Um, but you're right, and, and what might get lost in this a little bit is Ilya Samsonov. You, you come in early in the second period, you're down two, you pretty much have to be perfect the rest of the way if your team is going to get anything out of it. And um, even though he only had maybe three or four difficult saves to make, the one off Barkov in the third, I think, is one you circle as a, a reason you get a win. You mentioned there was things happened in this game that we hadn't seen before. When was the last time we saw the Leafs get a number of favorable calls, right? And that was a bit yeah. of a difference tonight. Uh, but you're right, Elias Hemsonov, his glove save in the third period. Off Barkov, uh, yeah. It's just you could feel the building lift a little bit when that happens. You could feel the team lift a little bit when that happens, and things could have gone real, real sideways yeah. uh, and, after uh, Murray gets pulled. And I do like the fact that, uh, and, and I know people be critical that Austin Matthew, you got to stand up for yourself. Well, technically he did. I mean, he took three or four cross checks from Cousins and then pulled the feet out from owner, but then Bunting jumps in. And it was um, it was at least to get the blood boiling a little bit, get the crowd into it, because really at that point in the game, everybody was sitting around and was like, well, like what's what bad thing is going to happen next? We've given up a shorthand, a goal in this game. The power play hasn't been very effective. And then all of a sudden, these things, these scrums started to happen. And uh, and I like the way the Leafs responded to it. And I think especially after the game in Boston, where you could see the Bruins were, I don't want to say toy with the Leafs, but it was like, can you take it? You know, it's like the little brother in the back seat. How many times can I punch in the arm before you do anything? And it's it's got to be, a, you know, I don't know if inspiring is the right word, but that kind of feeling when you can do that without a Wayne Simmons in the lineup as well because that's exactly why, you know, the Leafs brought in Wayne Simmons. That's, you know, a lot of what he does with this team to see that kind of pushback, to see it from Aston Reese, to see it from the whole lineup, frankly. Yeah, is, you, you is, can is be team tough. Sure. I mean, there, there's yeah. nothing wrong with getting into the scrums. Uh, although we did say it's hard not to marvel at, uh, at Radko Gudis and say, That'll kind of be nice in the playoffs, wouldn't it? <laughs> you know, and then, and, yeah. and, and in fairness, Jordy Ben, I think, you know, gives them a certain element. But uh, but Goody's you kind of looked at and you say, boy, there's there's a lot to like there. I mean, you know, he's he's a stay-at-home guy. Uh, the, he's a character guy, and, and you love it. And then probably the last guy we talked about like that, uh, Joe and I, there was a player in, uh, Saint L- in Buffalo by the name of Ryan O'Reilly that we said, well, wouldn't he be great to have in the playoffs? St. Louis answered that question for us. Yeah, well, with Goodis, you're talking top four, which is what Muzzin was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, like we said, there was um, uh, there was significant pushback after, 
You know, as the game got going, the Leafs were the better team as it went on. Whether whether it had something to do with the fact that the Florida Panthers played last night in Buffalo, uh, but you could see as the game went on and there was a little more emotion injected into it that uh, you felt like at least there was an opportunity to make a game of it and uh, they get the break. I still think it was a favorable call on uh, uh, the goodest charging penalty. I don't think you see too many charging penalties right in front of the net <laughs> by the crease. No. Uh, but Matthews is able to finish and um, the Leafs were the better team in the third period. And uh, it's funny, eh, how, you know, Willie Nylander misses on a penalty shot, gets taken down on the breakaway that, that causes the penalty shot. Uh, that doesn't go, but he has one bounce in off him, and uh, that sets up a nice way to end a six-game goalless drought for, for Willie Nylander, who, as the game went on, you talk about being dominant. He was a very much the dominant player in the ice. Yeah, I was going to say, we've used up an awful lot of oxygen without talking about the game's first star by a landslide for me, William Nylander. Yep. Like, yep. Just a continuation of him having an all-world season, right? Maybe yep. he's an all-star. Maybe he's named an all-star on Thursday. Um, he'd gone through his longest goal-scoring drought of the season, six games, and then for him to come back, you know, again, he had the penalty shot as well. Uh, he loves that backhand. But what I love about William Nylander this season, what we're seeing more and more from him, is his ability to just stay cool, resilient, right? He, yeah. You know, perhaps in seasons past, he would have dipped a little bit longer. Those streaks would have gone for longer. But the, the guy is just so cool under pressure and but nothing seems to phase him he's putting goals in off his head you know he's <laughs> just he's got all these little tools in his tool belt and they're just coming to fruition this season in a way that we haven't seen um and you know again i i know he kind of gets talked about at the end of the quote-unquote core four but i don't think it should be that way anymore because he's just he's so dynamic and as we saw tonight he can turn a game on his own yeah, and I think what you like as well is, and, and this is different in fairness to, to the criticism he's had before, is willingness to engage yep. in the one-on-one -on -one battles and force turnovers and, and uh, lift sticks and get the puck back and be a little more physical. Uh, I think that was you know, the thing. We always saw the talent. We saw the skating. We saw the shot. Uh, we saw the hockey IQ. But now you're to see that that push and be a little more physical and and you know you remember series against Boston where it appeared that that, that he would deliberately stay away from Zdeno Chara and not engage. I think uh, that's what you love as much about his game, and I think it's contributed to the point totals is the fact that uh, he's much better on the four check, even defensively coming back, uh, forcing the puck to turn over and take it back the other way. But but what he did in overtime. That was one of those where you go, that, that's the special guy. It looks like it's nothing, a yeah. nothing play, and then the afterburners go on and the game's over. We talk about physicality as if it's something you always have to apply, apply on the defensive side of the puck, but how many times tonight did we see him circle through the neutral zone with the puck and hold off the opposition yeah. player? He's grown with, he's, he's acquired so much strength. He's got that real man strength in his body now. And so when we talk about physicality, that's important to remember, too, is his ability to protect the puck, hold off defenders that might be far bigger than him, yeah. right? That can impact the w game Which as is well. how we always talk about Austin Matthews. Yeah. To be able to protect the puck and, and use your frame and, and get that, that wide stance to keep the defenders it's on. It's one thing to be able to make plays, but it's another thing to be able to gain, you know, entry into yeah. the zone on your own and then be able to make plays in the offensive zone. I, I think really, you know, when you talk about more so Nylander, but I think you'd put Austin Matthews in the same sentence. 
games. You're talking about uh, game maturity, understanding what to do and when to do it and to wait for that as opposed to trying to make it happen in the past when they were younger. I think they'd be guilty of that, trying to come up with a goal. And, and I think if you go to tonight's game, when Nylander misses that penalty shot, if you, if you spin back about three years, that might have been a, a negative turning point for him. But he just, he just you know, he bore into the game and... I just love that overtime play because I think you described it perfectly, Ralph. It was nothing, and then it was a game-breaking play. Yeah, you know what it almost reminded me of is the uh, the Matthews overtime goal in Dallas last year, the game that he, well, I guess, broke Vibe's record yep. earlier in the game. But then it, it was a nothing play, and then all of a sudden it was like fourth and inches, and you got the 40-yard gain out of it. Yeah. And, uh, and that's what you like from Nylander where, and we, I mean, we've seen him three-on-three three before be the dominant player with time and space, but this was one of those where, there might be some contact driving to the net. Um, you know, even though, in, in fairness, it was Carter, uh, Carter Verhage back and, and not Radko Gudis. Uh, but it was like, there, there's room, and I'm going to go for it. And uh, to have the composure and the finish and, um, you know, that explosiveness. And, and you're right. Usually, um, you go back a number of years and say you missed the penalty shot, and then it would be the head down, and it would be two or three games to recover from it mm-hmm. uh, before you showed up, uh, showed up on the score sheet again. So... Um, a lot of positives about it, but um, like I said, let's not forget Ilya Samsonov was was perfect when he went in. Yeah, I think that that was absolutely huge. I I do want to ask you about him, but I asked Tapman. I'll ask you, Ralphie, who's going to be the Leafs All Star on Thursday? Is it Nylander or Matthews? I uh, I would hope from a Leafs standpoint, it's Nylander. Yeah, for a number of reasons. Number one, he's earned it. Number two, I'd rather have Matthews get the time off. You know, there you, know, you go. We've, we've yep. seen him. You know, we've seen him uh, take some time off last week. Uh, they say it's a nagging, lingering issue. Um, how about uh, how about give us and, and for no other reason, and, and not to take away from taking Nylander, who's I mean, you lead the team in scoring. Yeah, uh, I, I think he's earned yeah, it. Sure, you know that's got to count for something. And uh, and on the other side is. Uh, it's okay, and and I don't think Austin Matthews would be too upset at this point to, uh, no. to take three or four days off. Well, let's talk about the goalies. You know, Samsonov, as you say, was perfect. Made two or three really nice saves at, at key moments. Uh, Murray just didn't, couldn't see it. No, and and I mean, in fairness, there were, there were pretty good shots right up under the bar, but it, it didn't feel like he was close. No, <laughs> you know, and uh, and I thought when Samsonov first came in. Um, it took him a little while to settle down. There were, there were some scrambles in front where he was falling forward, and you could tell that he wasn't quite set and quite anchored and, and in full scramble mode. Uh, but he, like the team in front of him, seemed to settle down as the game went on. Uh, but like we said, he, ma- he made a couple of saves in the second period. He didn't have a lot of work. Uh, at one point in the third period, I think there were only three shots, but but two of them were great saves, and one was a glove save off Barkov. So um, it was uh, it was interesting to see because for the most part, these two have mirrored the, each other throughout the season where whether they both have been hurt at the same time they both played well they both struggled it's it seemed to be it didn't really matter who you had in net because they were both doing the same thing this was the first time and i mean it only happens i think there's only the second time they've made a goaltending change mid-game uh the game against boss you remember samsonov got hurt when uh shelgren had to commit in the third period but the um it'd be interesting to see if if that earns him the start and if he can get on a bit of a roll do they go with one guy for a while? Well, th- we haven't seen it yet. You mentioned this. We haven't seen it yet this season, but this is a big reason why you go with a tandem, right? This is why, yeah. it, you know, let's say you have Schalgren or Joe Wall backing you up. You're right. They, maybe the team in front of that goalkeeper tenses up a little bit and says we just have to lock it down. 
But I felt that once Samsonov made that glove save and just kind of reminded everyone, right, I'm still a number one capable yeah. starter, the Leafs could kind of, you, you just felt like they were off to the races afterwards. And, and again, you, we haven't seen yet. This is only the second time all season in Warren game 45-46 that the Leafs have had to make a goaltending change. We don't talk about that often as a reason why a tandem goaltending situation works. But in this situation, we were reminded why one comes in 1a comes right in as well yeah and uh, and to do it early in the second period i'm sure maybe after the first uh samsonov would be thinking okay maybe if they get another one or two more uh we might make a goalie change joe and i actually talked about it at the end of the first period that maybe you make the goalie change in and um and they didn't and then it's uh it's fine but then when you see murray get beat on a clean shot again you think, okay, it's just not his night. And uh, and ironically, you know, before losing the back-to-back games on the road, uh, Sheldon Keefe said with the Nashville game, Murray's last start at home, he said this might be the first game all season where a goaltender stole us yep. a game. So it's uh, it's been kind of strange that since then, the goaltender, although Samsonov was great in Detroit, Murray had a great start in Boston, and then some, I don't want to say questionable goals, but he certainly would have had them in the Nashville game, the ones that that beat him. So it's, it's funny for Murray where it seemed to be his, his best game of the year and, and you know, now a, a couple of chips out of the uh, the foundation for him in his uh, last couple of starts. But, I mean, we're talking about this in January, so I'm, I'm sure he'll be able to get over it. There's going to be so many opportunities. The Leafs don't have more than one day off for the rest of the month, right? They yeah. have game day off, game day off. So the point is the, they are going to need to go back and forth, back and forth a lot for the remainder of this month. So I don't think if you're worried about Matt Murray getting pulled for the first time as a Leaf, I mean, you shouldn't be because he'll probably play, you know, one of the next three games. He'll get an opportunity yep. to get right back. And what you don't want when you pull a goalie is to have him stay out for the next week or so and let it stew. doesn't look like that's going to happen yeah, here. If I recall, and, and I'm not being smart-ass about this, it's like a hangover. Like if you have a bad game, and you don't get in for another week or two weeks, it's like every day you go to practice. It's like a hangover. It's yeah, like, okay, yeah. i got to battle through it, but I, I want a chance at redemption. And, and you're right, the sooner it comes, and that's why so many guys prefer to be the number one goaltender without question, without being challenged. So if I have a bad game Tuesday, I'm still playing Thursday. You know, you're not, I, I'm not going to be competing for ice time uh, like, say, Kenny Riggett and Alan Bester did back in the 80s. <laughs> you know, some guys just, you're the number one guy. And you go with it. I think the, um, you know, ideally, I, I think Matt Murray's the one you want to get geared up for the postseason. You know, I think contract-wise and, and, and everything else. And, um, you know, the fact that he's already won a championship. But uh, I, I think, you know, going forward, I'm going to be curious to see how Sheldon Keefe handles the goaltending tandem because I, I don't think you want to keep guys from playing too much. And then all of a sudden you get to the postseason and say, okay, now, every second night. Get ready. I, I still think you want to build up, you know, your stamina and uh, and, and maybe play two out of every three games, uh, you know, through March, getting into the postseason to get ready for it. It is an interesting kind of question and one that I don't know if a lot of people have thought about or if, or if people are talking about, you know, is a Matt Murray ready to go for six games in, in 10, 11 days in the playoffs, yep. whatever it ends up being? Or... You know, this is a team that isn't afraid to take risks sometimes. We've seen it with the five forwards on PP1. Do they go, do they mix in a little back and forth in the playoffs, right? We don't see that very yeah. often. But if anybody is willing to try things, it's 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 Sheldon Keefe, right? Yeah, and it, uh, I mean, usually that'll come 
once you get down two games in the playoffs, yes, whether yes. it's three nothing or or three one or, or two nothing in the playoff series, where you think we've got to do this to to try to turn the tide. So uh, that's one of those where you're saying, I hope not. But as we see in in this game tonight, if it becomes a viable option, you might get a guy that can come in and turn a series around for you as well. And I mean, I I guess the the best example of that was Braden Holtby, the year Washington won. It didn't start. It was uh, Grubauer, was it not? Uh, that started for Washington. Halfway through the second game, Holtby comes in and, um, you know, the uh, I'm sure we all remember how that, that playoff finished with uh, Washington winning their first ever Stanley Cup. So you're right. I, I think it is important to, uh, to have two guys ready, uh, but it is one of those things. I'm, I, I think I might be okay if we we don't see the the five men the five forward power play anymore yeah yeah i think you on even, that. even though it's it's been really exciting at both ends of the ice <laughs> out there okay i think because i've been now that's the third shorthanded goal against that's at least the second with the five forward power play correct i think so yeah it, it's just a little high risk high reward yeah i mean i i can see if it's based on the score it's almost like pulling your goal down if you're down a couple and you think that gives you that that edge Offensively, you're going to take the risk. Defensively, I, I you know, you understand that, but um, yeah, that that's <laughs> seems to be. I'm good with it. I'm thinking, okay, yeah, we saw it. Um, Sample size is good enough. Yeah, we, we know it, what it, to do. It hasn't been lights out. It's, it's not like you're you're outscoring the opposition ten to one with the five forwards on the ice. And I just think that that every time the puck goes back to the point or there's a pass back, he. You just get that shiver up your back saying, oh, no. <laughs> no. Oh, oh somebody, no. Yeah, somebody, <laughs> somebody get it. Ralphie, thanks for hanging around. Appreciate it. All right. It. Thanks, boys. If, uh, I'll text you when I get home. Yeah, good. Good. I was yeah. worried about that. <laughs> yeah. Stiffed me the last couple of games. Okay, good. Uh, so we have some sound, I believe. Yes, Nylander and what he saw in overtime. Let's listen to that. Uh, yeah, I just uh, had some speed, and I felt like I could take him, uh, take him wide and was able to get it to back post and sneak it by him. I feel, like, feel like you owed them one after the after the penalty shot. Yeah, you know what? I haven't been shooting the puck lately, so uh, it's nice to uh, get that one in off the head, and then kind of uh, felt better. What about the tying goal? What do you see on, on that one? You know what? I didn't really see anything. I was just in front of that, and I think Mitchie put it to net, and I guess it just hit my head. So uh, <laughs> I'll take it. What do you come away thinking after a game like that? The second was just like kind of wild and crazy. I think. Uh, all the way up until the end of the second was crazy. I mean, there were a lot of power plays, and so, I mean, not a lot of five-on-five, five and I think we were able to uh, establish our game there at the at the beginning of the third period. What do you make of the team's performance overall? I think there's some things that we can get better at, but, um, I mean, we're not always going to be at the top of our game, so it's uh, good to get the W here tonight. Talk about Sammy's work tonight. Yeah, I mean, coming in and making huge saves and helping us uh, get the W, I think. Uh, I mean, sometimes the goalies aren't going to feel well, so when the... Other Tenny comes in and is able to, to shut the door for us. Obviously, that helps a lot. What happened on the celebration there? You go a little too much speed into the board? Uh, yeah, a little too fired up. <laughs> <laughs> William Nylander at game's end. He tied the game and then won it in overtime. Great uh, performance from him, to say the very least. 5-4, the least win over the Panthers in overtime. This is Leafs game night on TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca. The iHeartRadio app and the Leafs radio network. Leafs game night. Welcome back to Scotiabank Arena. Jim Taddy and Josh Glow from The Athletic. Uh, summing up a 5-4 Leafs win over the Panthers in overtime. Josh, just to go back over it, I mean, the first period was wacky. The second period was more of the same for different reasons. I thought it turned into a, a Leafs-style game in the third period. 
Yeah, and again, that's probably the the kind of game that the Leafs wanted to play all along. I think they knew coming into this game that, again, Florida is going to be that offensive team. So if they were to play a run-and-gun game back and forth, I think that suits the Leafs really, really well, and I think that's why the penalties... I think that's probably why it, it felt a bit strange to them just to get you know power play after power play. They couldn't get that that kind of synergy going that they've had at their best at five on five. But yeah, strange one. I know I just keep repeating myself, but they needed their stars, right? To kind of, in a way, just settle down the game, right? As as if to remind the Panthers, you know, who has the stars on the ice. I think back to the loss um, against Arizona earlier this season, right? When, when Sheldon Keefe had one of his more memorable quotes of the year, saying, you know, the difference between us and Arizona is we have elite players and our elite players didn't play like elite players. And it's not necessarily to say that, you know, the likes of Austin Matthews and and William Melander had poor first two periods, but when they're not going, there is a gap there. And then once they were going, all of them going really, really well in the third period, I think that's when it became pretty clear who was going to come out you know, the winner tonight. Well, I mean, let's be honest here. They got booed midway through the second period because the power play was just not functioning well. It's concerning, and I think that's probably that. I wonder if those boo birds were enough for Sheldon Keefe to say, you know, enough experimentation. Extend like, on the five forwards. Let's stick to it, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, because I thought Morgan Riley, you know, I know we talked about him pregame. I thought he, he, he played well. I thought he moved the puck really, really well. And, and, again, when that happens, he deserves the opportunities that he got. Well, and he has to play his way back in. I mean, that just doesn't happen overnight. It reps force that to happen. Here's Mitch Marner and what he thought of what we called a strange game. Yeah, well, I think you said it right. Um, strange. Not a whole lot of 5-on-5 really than the first 40, but, um, you know, that's kind of just, I guess you got to just get yourself ready for that. A lot of special teams thing. Obviously, we're going to do a lot better on our power play. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously we came through there the, at the end of that one and kind of got us going into the third. Did you jam the team scored and rally like that? Obviously, mentioned being down for two. Might repeat it after that. Yeah, well, I mean, I think uh, you know, we don't got a lot of quit in this locker room. I think a lot of teams probably the same, though. I mean, um, you know, especially being at home, getting that goal late there in the second on the power play, um, you know, gave us confidence coming in here, and we knew uh, we had to obviously give our best push. And um, a lot of five on five, and I thought we really just did that. You say about Willie's third period at overtime? Yeah, it was good. He's got the reserve tank like I've never seen. Um, you know, he just finds ways out there, especially in overtime when you give him space, just somehow turns on the burners and um, can make great plays. So, um, you know, obviously helped our team win tonight. What did you see on the, on their shorthanded goal? Yeah, just, you know, tried to make a play there at the blue line, bounced over my stick. Um, you know, just knowing as a killer, you're kind of coming out to push that D-man. And, um, you know, I look back at it, I think I probably had time to stay on my feet and try and just take it to the wall or shoot it back to Murr. But, um you know, that's one where you look back at it, you kind of want it back, but tried to make a play over to Willie just to save it. Um, and, you know, when I, when you go down like that, it's kind of a 2 on going down, and, um, you know, just got to stay on your feet there and make sure you get back. A couple of times in the game, uh, examples of you guys stepping up for each other, Bunce going in for, for Austin and Zach to Pierre there. What does that say about the group and its, and its sort of cohesiveness? Yeah, well, I think obviously we're a tight-knit group in here. Um, we want to take care of each other. We want to make sure, um, you know, we're uh, – not trying to be stupid out there and take penalties, but trying to just stick up for one another and be there for each other. And obviously we know we're not a team that's really going to fight a whole lot, but we're going to be a team that gets into stuff together and um, have five guys in it together. What do you make of how Simpson have had to come in in a tricky situation to help you guys pick up the win? Yeah, it was great. Um, obviously a couple massive saves, big breakaway save there in the third two, and 
um, just came in and you know just calmed our team down, made some massive saves. Um, it was, uh, it was great to see him just go in there and kind of just take over that game for us. He's lost in all of this is you breaking Daryl Sittler's home point consecutive game record. I don't know if you knew that. But... No, not really. You guys, you guys <laughs> are the ones that keep telling me this stuff. Um, but um, I mean, it's cool. Um, trying to win hockey games, so I'm not trying to focus on too many just self records or anything like that. I'm trying to just help this team win games. So Marner celebrating 19-game home point streak, which is a new franchise record. You know, Josh, in another year, if we went back to the Nashville win, which the coach had been at the goaltender, provided the, uh, I guess, the the edge there, and then you followed up with two road losses in a game tonight that was um, not properly executed, I think, for at least half of it, you would look at those four games and connect the dots. But I don't think we're doing that this year. Well, I was going to ask you if you were ready to walk back on your really strong yes guy, Matt Murray, game one playoff starter. I still believe that, yeah. I think that's the way you start. Now, you know, as Ralphie said, how you finish is a different story, but but at least you have an option. There's so many benefits, I think, to the, to the tandem, you know, goalie system that I really think we're going to see more and more NHL teams trend that way because you're right. You know, 10, 12, 15 years ago, if the last four games played out the way they did, you know, we'd be talking about a goaltender crisis right. in Toronto, right? We don't have to do that. I mean, it's never great to, to use those terms anyway, but it's not something we're going, it's not a conversation we're going to be having because the Leafs just seem to have, you know, whether it's Sam Sonoff who has a bad game, right? He had kind of a poor stretch a few weeks back right. where he was kind of outward about his struggles. And, you know, Matt Murray is right there. Again, This is there's, there's all these little benefits to a tandem system. Um, and I think a big part of it, too, we're getting to that point in the season where players have bumps and bruises, it, you know, the grind of the season. and, and it will be mental fatigue, too. For sure, and we're not necessarily seeing that with the goalies because their workload is kind of mitigated. It's being managed, right? And that's something that I think is really important to remember as well is that, you know, again, years past, if Matt Murray has a game like he is, we're, we're maybe saying, is he starting too much? Do the Leafs have to find, a, you know, a, a, a better backup goalie? We're not having that conversation Well, uh, the backup goalie situation here for years was a right. bit of a problem, right? That's an understatement. <laughs> yeah. um, but, no, I, I, I think Samsonov does deserve a lot of credit. Um, really athletic goaltender, right? And he probably yeah. has that athleticism that Matt Murray maybe doesn't have. Um, and you can go back and forth. I mean, they, they each have really strong attributes. Um, but that athleticism, to me, showed in that glove save that really is something that, that really turned the tide, got the crowd back into the game. Sure. Um, and when you can rely on that athleticism in a short amount of time, bring him in, not have to worry about what he's going to provide, uh, I think the Leafs are in a really good spot. And, and this is the first time in – how long that the, we're not talking about the Leafs having to go out and get a goaltender at the trade deadline. Well, Leaf tandems, uh, when you go over the franchise history, going back into the 60s, I think we came up with four, including this one. So that's not much. No, but but it, I, again, I think there's a reason we're going to see more and more NHL teams trending this way. I, I agree with you. Uh, Leafs win a 5-4 with the Panthers in overtime. This is Leafs game night live from Scotiabank Arena, TSN 1050 and the Leafs radio network. This is Leafs Game Night on TSN 1050 and the Leafs Radio Network. The Leafs live here. 5-4 overtime win over the Florida Panthers. Welcome back to Scotiabank Arena. Jim Taddy and Josh Cloak 
from the athletics. So, Josh, I'm going to throw this at you. I don't, I don't think, like the Gouda stuff is, is just really nice speculation. I don't think they can find somebody like that to play in the top four. But I do know that based on what I saw tonight, they really need that left winger on the second line. Because in a playoff matchup, it just makes it harder to contend with if you have that guy. Tyler Bertuzzi. Is or, a name I'm just going to throw at you. I've said that a couple of times myself. Okay. I, and I actually, I actually threw it at the Red Wing broadcasters when they were here a week ago, and the line was, and I'm not going to tell you who said it, well, what do the Leafs have to give us for them? So, right. So there, there's the uh, – but I, I'm sure Detroit would snap up a first-round pick. Sure. I mean, they're still kind of in that rebuild mode. 30-goal uh, scorer last year, Tyler Berduzzi. Um Look, I, I said it before the game, the Leafs' first-round pick, has got to be on the table. Sure, if you go right. deep, it's not that great a pick. Right, but I mean, they've never been shy with trading their first-round pick uh, in the past. They have a first-round pick this year. They have a first-round pick in 2024 as well, and I've kind of made the point before that I wonder if that 2024 pick is a little bit more valuable because you don't know where the Leafs are going to be at in 2024, right? Look, maybe they don't go deep in the playoffs this year, and they, they for some reason, if you're, if you're an opposition team making a deal, you think maybe the Leafs blow it up. Maybe after 23-24, they're not as good as they are now. That that first-round pick is a little bit higher. Uh, but, yeah, that like to me, those are the, the calls that Kyle Dubas should be making right now. We're offering up our first-round pick. Which left-wingers are available? There's other names out there. Tyler Bertuzzi is one. Uh, Max Domi is one that maybe brings you a little bit more sandpaper uh, as well. Because once you get a little bit higher than that, and we start talking about the Bo Horvats, and he's a center, right? But you can you can move things around the Bo Horvats, the Ryan O'Reillys of the world. It's going to cost you a lot more than a first-round pick. Sure. And, and like we've you know we talked about, and I like I assume you talked about with the Red Wings broadcaster. What do the Leafs have to give up? I don't think they're ready to part with Matthew Nyes. He's a unicorn, right? And then you're talking about Topi Niemle. I don't know how much sway he might have. A really smart, really intelligent, good puck-moving defenseman, but I don't know you know, how many organizations are going to be interested in a smaller defenseman. Um, you can offer up a second-round pick, but you really don't have that kind of prospect. But Tyler Bertuzzi to third, 30 uh, goals, Goal score, I wonder. That's that's just one I wonder about. Very intriguing and a great way to end. Josh, it was great to have you tonight. Thank you. Likewise, thank you. Our pleasure. So 5-4, the Leafs win in overtime. Come back with the out-of-town scoreboard next. Leafs game night on TSN 1050 and the Leafs radio network. The out-of-town scoreboard is brought to you by Maple Toyota. Build your next dream Toyota at Maple Toyota and check out Maple Toyota's pre-owned inventory arriving daily. Guy, guy, it's time to Toyota. Visit mapletoyota.com. Here's what we have. Flyers got by the Ducks by a score of 5-2. Minnesota over the Washington Capitals, 4-2. It was the Montreal Canadiens prevailing over Winnipeg Jets by a score of 4-1. Nashville defeated the Jackets, 2-1. Buffalo is leading Chicago, 3-2 in the third. In the second, it is Detroit, 1, and Arizona, 1. Also in the second, it is the Edmonton Oilers 3-1 over the Seattle Kraken. So our game is 5-4. The Leafs win in overtime over the Panthers. Our next live coverage will be, let me check this out, Thursday night. Do I have that right? Yes, the Raptors in Minnesota. Uh, And we'll have that for you with our action starting at 7.30 here on TSN 1050. Thanks for joining us on Leafs Game Night on TSN 1050. And good night to the Leafs Radio Network.